Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. The crowd was thick that day near the Sea of Galilee. Smelly fishermen, women with crying babies, frustrated disciples all trying to stay close to Jesus, to touch him, to follow him, to get his attention. And a distraught father begs Jesus to come and heal his sick daughter. And as Jesus goes with him, walks toward the man's house, he is stopped in his tracks by a touch of faith. Jesus listens to a long, hurting woman. He listens. He listens as if pain were not shameful but something we all experience. Really listening to someone is no small matter. It's been said that being listened to is so close to being loved that most people cannot tell the difference. Jesus walks with an awareness of others along his path and an expectation that he will listen to them. One of my favorite Latin phrases, and I don't know that many, I have just a few, um, is attributed to St. Augustine, and it's popular with pilgrims of all kinds. I've mentioned it before. Salvatore ambulato. It is solved by walking. You know what I mean by that? Salvatore ambulato. It is solved by walking. Today's gospel story centers on a woman who was bleeding and in pain and could have stayed at home, but she took the risk of walking in a crowd seeking out the one she heard could heal her. She was at the end of her rope. Her money was gone after paying for treatments that didn't work. Her friends and her family are nowhere in sight. According to law at the time, religious law, she couldn't be touched while she was bleeding, which in this case was 12 years. And we thought a year of mask wearing and no hugs was bad. 12 years. Her desperate longing to be healed enabled her to bravely reach toward Jesus. It was brave because she was an outcast. It was brave because she was a woman touching the cloak of a strange man. By touching Jesus, she risked something. Yet the hope she held was greater than the fear she overcame. The hope she held was greater than the fear she overcame. She just kept walking until she was close enough to reach out and Jesus asked, who touched me? So it makes me wonder what can be solved when we keep walking. It makes me wonder what it means to reach out to Jesus when he's not right here in front of us exactly like he was then. And to reach out to him not only out of curiosity or because we're just caught up in the crowd with everyone else, but to reach out in faith trusting that we are seen and heard and that Jesus has the power to heal. Sometimes reaching out to Jesus with faith means honest prayer and lament. Prayers that come when we are uncomfortable and in pain. Prayers like we find in Psalm 30 read to you before that say, when I was comfortable, I said, I will never stumble. Because it pleased you, Lord, you made me a strong mountain. But then you hid your presence, and I was terrified. 
and I cried out to you, Lord. I begged my Lord for mercy. Do you hear how it's not until the stumbling happens, how it's not until that moment we think maybe God has abandoned us, that we're able to cry out and say, help me, Lord. The ancient prayers of the Psalms, this one and others, do not deny the pain. They don't try to hide the anger or the resentment. Instead, these Psalms of Lament carry the pain and the anger to God's ears. They are cries for help to the one who hears and makes healing possible, even if it's not the healing that we imagine and hope for. The questions we have attended to thus far in the summer sermon series have been, where are you from? And where does it hurt? I've been listening to the stories that you have been telling me, and I hope that you've been telling each other. One friend shared this. My great-great-grandmother survived the Charleston flood of 1886, and that was part of our family lore. How they were living near the riverbank and how they had canoes on the second floor. And thank goodness they did because they used those canoes to get out of the house once the floods came. She explained then that there's another story from that same day about how a woman fell to her knees in Citadel Square in Charleston as the rains fell down and how she looked up to the sky and in deep southern speak, which again, like Latin, I am not fluent in, but in deep southern speak she said, Lord, we need you. Oh Lord, come down here and save us now in our time of great need. But don't send your son, Master Jesus. Ain't no time for chillin's. Did I say that? Kind of, you know, I'm not Southern. But don't you get her point? She's so desperate. She's so longing for help from the Lord. And she says, but not your son. No time for chillies. That story makes her laugh, my friend. It makes me laugh because it's a reminder that while prayer is important, we also have to keep the canoes on the second floor ready to go. We don't put everything on God. We prepare the way. We make ready for what will happen. And we cry out to the Lord when we need to. This woman in our biblical story desperately longed for healing, and she was grounded in hope. And after she touched the hem of Jesus' robe, she knew in her spirit she had been healed. Have you ever felt that? Not, not something right away that, that an illness goes away, but that something inside you has been healed. That's the kind of healing she knew. And she tried to remain anonymous. You know how we do. We try to sneak away, leave church early so we don't have to talk to anyone maybe when we're feeling down because that's what we long to do where it's, it's hard to show what we're going through. There are so many times I felt the healing that comes from God in these moments that feel like miracles and I have a hard time talking about them sometimes. Maybe you do too. I know God has been faithful, but how do you share that with people? How do you tell them that you were lost and then you were found, you were hurting and then you were whole, you were hopeless and then you were hopeful? Those are all healing moments and Jesus didn't let her walk away. He brought her right back. 
said, look, I, I want to make sure you understand. Your faith heals you. Think what a word that is for an outcast. Your faith healed you. You did something. You kept walking. You were part of this healing and wholeness moment. Jesus sought her out to tell her story. He brought her out of the world of isolation and back into human community because that's where we belong when we're hurting especially. And the most authentic human communities are those where you can come with your hurt and you can come with your fear and you can come with your tears and know that God meets you here and the people worshiping with you meet you here and they love you no matter what. Her act of walking with Jesus and reaching out to touch him, I think, is a model of discipleship. No matter what crowds we are caught up in, no matter what problems plague us and what wounds need healing, we just keep walking with Jesus. Maybe it's your faith that needs healing. Maybe it's your memories or a condition of your body or a longing of your soul. What keeps us from seeking that healing we need? Sometimes we aren't even caught up in the crowd, which here in this text symbolizes the faith community. Sometimes we are even on the other side of the sea, which here symbolizes isolation. We get distracted by phones and emails and endless news cycles and ubiquitous social media posts, and we get consumed with anxieties and fears of what might happen. We get busy and we become inattentive to those around us here in this time of worship, we hit the pause button, and it's one of the few times we do so. We can begin here or continue to walk alongside God's healing work in our lives. We can offer our burdens and our painful places to the Lord of life and trust we are heard and seen, that the healing may not be what we expect, but that reaching out with faith will not go unanswered and that acknowledging our need will make us more compassionate to the pain of others. Have you ever noticed that? When you share your need and your hurt, you find out how someone else is hurting and how you can help. The questions before us these past two weeks are simple questions to ask, but boy, are they complex to answer. Where do you hurt? And where does the world hurt? What pain has been ignored or silenced or unacknowledged? Today is Independence Day, and July 1st was Canada Day in Canada, and two celebrations of national life in North America take place within a few days of each other. Both holidays may be particularly complicated this year, as citizens both here and in Canada struggle with the legacies of our past, and particularly with racism in our history and our political life. So I find it really meaningful that we get to celebrate Independence Day on a Sunday, that we acknowledge God as our true sovereign, that we pray for healing for our country and strength for its leaders, all the time acknowledging that for people of faith, we are only strangers and exiles here. Our true home is with God. I hope we can continue to ask where do we hurt? Some of you may have seen the commentary by the Reverend Marvin McMichael in Friday's Plain Dealer. He's pastor emeritus of Antioch Baptist Church, 
and he wrote that the truth is that some people think 1776 and 1787 are the only dates in American history worth remembering. But 1619 is an equally definitive date because that was the year the economy of this country began to be built in large part of 246 years of legalized slavery, followed by another 100 years of convict, lease, labor, sharecropping, Jim Crow laws, lynch mob justice, voter suppression, and the rigid segregation of the races. He went on to write how, in his opinion, it's not that white people hate their country or should be ashamed of their nation's founders, but that we need to look at equal opportunity for African Americans in housing, employment, education, and access to political process. He calls us to look. He calls us to see. He calls us to listen. Where are you from? Where does it hurt? Our fabulous organist, Conrad, who I hope is sitting in the shade somewhere, his family is from Poland. And he recently shared some history with me about a Polish man named Koszuko. Again, not a good pronunciation, Conrad, I know. Um, but Koszuko moved to North America in 1776. I'd never heard of this man. And he took part in the Revolutionary War, though he was a Polish citizen, as a colonel in the Continental Army. He was a military architect, and he designed and oversaw a lot of fortifications, including West Point. And when a grateful Congress raised him to the rank of Brigadier General with back pay, Koszuko set the money aside to be given at his death for the emancipation and education of enslaved Americans. He had seen enough oppression, suffering, and human bondage in his own country to champion the cause of freedom for all people. I was grateful for that story. I'm grateful for all your stories. America has always been a nation of immigrants, an imperfect union, sometimes rising with a seemingly endless depth of courage and other times failing to live up to our highest ideals. To love our country is to be unafraid to face her faults, to see where we hurt as a nation and to work for healing and freedom. At the end of our gospel text today, after healing someone who had been 12 years a bleeding woman, Jesus then enters a stagnant, grief-filled room, no doubt smelling of sickness and death. He reaches out and touches the body of a girl thought to be lost to this world. Reverend Brittany Fiscus Van Rosem says that those relational and embodied healings that he did humanize those whose hurting has been pushed aside calling attention to the broken systems that can perpetuate and dehumanize pain. Jesus' healing disrupts the injustice of a woman who has been rejected and labeled impure for her condition. And with the girl, Jesus disrupts death itself. How might we allow Jesus to disrupt us, to enable us to acknowledge others' pain so we can seek life together? We have to put ourselves in the uncomfortable places where human beings live, breathe, and hurt because those are the places, those are the places we will also find Jesus. Friends, let us recommit this day to prayer from the depths of our soul, honestly, regularly, and with others in worship. We can minimize our distractions and focus attention on the people around us and the God within us, even taking one day a week from, 
as a Sabbath from technology and noise. We can commit to deep listening, which is an act of love and can be healing. We can stand with those who are hurting. We can remember the phrase of St. Augustine, Salvatore Ambulato, it is solved by walking. Jesus walked the shores of Galilee amidst a crowd. Yet he saw and listened to a bleeding woman, a grieving father, a dying girl, and disciples who never seemed to know the right thing to say or do. He just kept walking. And the woman was healed. And the father went from sorrow to joy. And the girl went from death to life. And the disciples eventually went from silence to speech and action. What does God have for us if we just keep walking? Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.